0: Listen, we, sh- we should save this until we're actually properly recording. Are you remembering you are doing the um, the opener? Oh, shit. Right. See, I, never... I, I knew you wouldn't remember.
1: Mm, I, never I say do. that like yeah.
0: I've been thinking about it all day. I literally remembered it like while taking a shit before we recorded. <laughs>
2: <so>. <laughs> you know, you are I, so I am discreet in, no in your personal life most of the time. But I every mean, once in a while you're like, yeah, I was taking a shit. And all of a sudden I realized, yeah, are introducing the drock." I'm like, Yes. Welcome from Graham McMillan's poop block. Uh... Do it. Do it. Do it. Welcome, citizens, to the latest episode of Drock, the monthly podcast, wherein I, Jeff Lester, and my lovely and talented co host, Grant McMillan. Hi. The two of us, we read a different volume of Judge Dredd, the complete case files. This, however, is an episode where we will be reading volume two of Judge Dredd, The Restricted Files, which is to say a little bit of the Dredd ephemera um, running up through, is it 88 and starting about it's, when? 83, 85
0: through 89. Wow, 85
2: it's through 89.
0: from the 2000 AD sci-fi specials, which is what they call their summer specials, yes. the 2000 AD winter specials, the 2000 AD annuals, and the Judge Dredd annuals Yeah, of that period. And it's, you know, it's only like five years, but it's 300 pages of comics.
2: Yeah, which... Like,
0: and, and all of them are written by John Michael and Alan Grant.
2: That's right. For the most
0: part, in combination,
2: but towards the end, solo. Yes, thank you. I should mention, for those of you who want to keep track of it, we're coming to you from Richard solid block uh, to be discussing <laughs> these fine... Don't laugh. You totally screwed me off. This is going to sound so like... Ah, we're bad people. Anyway, it's it's we're bad people, but are these bad comics? That's what you really want to know. And we're here the answer to That's it. Compared with Restricted Files Volume 1, this is a fucking masterpiece. Absolutely. Absolutely. Out of the 300 plus pages, we uh, we were very closely in sync into how much of it we enjoyed. And at what point our patients kind of wore out? So, but I'm looking forward to talking about the stories here. At least my three favorites, and what should have been oh, my favorite I'm very but wasn't. I'm yeah. very
0: excited to know what your favorites so are. I I will say it's This actually was a surprise to me that I enjoyed this book so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in part because we really didn't enjoy Restricted Files One. That's right. Which makes sense. It was, as you said, like the ephemera. It was the non. Weekly prog stuff mm-hmm. from the first years the trip was around. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, there's going to be rough things. Of course, it's going to be a throwaway material. Yeah, and um, kind of, I kind of expected the same. The other thing that's weird is almost all of these I read either as they were published or soon after. Mm-hmm. I had I was very um proud of my 2008 annual collection Mm. (laughs) but i had to like i I really have read a bunch of these before and i didn't appreciate them as much as i should have i realized Mm. because like a lot of this is prime dread Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like wagner grant writing as a team are doing some genuinely classic stuff Mm-hmm. in the first like say half of this book mm-hmm. uh, and you have art from can Ken kennedy art from iscara art from Ian gibson you know art from steve Dillon, art from the, some amazing art from brendan
2: mccarthy and tony riot oh uh, my god here <clears throat> just so that I can spruce things up a lot if this were a, a wrestling show i would immediately break a chair over your head grand really yeah you- john higgins John Higgins is the superstar in this volume. His shit is amazing. I fucking think that Higgins just is at the top of his game here in a way where I was like, Shit, is he one of my favorite dread artists ever? Or am I just I'm weirdly
1: so
0: through this book? Yeah. Like yeah. He just keep reappearing in this book, which is kind of great. And... I'm not a big fan of his yeah, Fakers, but I love his colors. If that makes sense, oh, because he's God. doing like like airbrush stuff in here. His, his colors are astounding,
2: great, astounding, astounding here. And in fact, there's stuff where his um, God, he's got a story in here that's that's uh gray washes that just I swoon over. Um, but honestly, when we get into it, like one of my favorite stories in here, the colors are great, but I just think. His storytelling is top notch. He's got some pages there where your eye is just, I mean, are whisked across the page on, on, you know, on like a private barge. It's that Mm. effortless and fluid. I just, I I was in awe of some of the shit that he was doing. And again, what really helps is, is that there are definitely stories where... We had reached this really crucial and amazing point uh, that, of which Necropolis is the capstone. But there's a little bit of a feeling of dread on the move up to that had, had and has changed. And I was very surprised to read this volume and be like, oh shit, this is like, kind of classic dread and and it's weird for me like again classic in the sense of this is an era that is already past which is it's grant and wagner and there's a little bit of the the weird part is it would be the anything goes as you're moving forward through these types of stories the first time but of course you know, as we've read hundreds and hundreds of pages of, of Wagner Grant collaborating on Dread, these stories actually teeter on the verge of seen it all, done it all before. Like there's one or two stories where I'm like, have I read this story oh, or yeah. did they just I do a, it three times? I have times. a specific
0: question about that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay, good, because um, I'm looking because there's to it.
0: is it the coffee one?
2: Did you have that about the coffee one? I had that one about the coffee one and also Because the, they've done a sugar story, haven't they? Well, yes. They did the sugar okay. story. So I mean, this one was a little bit more but it was it was also like two or three different things. But honestly, I beast that opens this up, mm-hmm. I was like, did we read this? Was this at the end of some of the other case files to to like pad out the mm-hmm. page count or something? Because I was like I know I've read this story before, but it also had so many of the earmarkings of, you know, oh, it's dread. And, you know, he's out in the cursed earth and there's a mad scientist and there's a, there's a man monster that you kind of feel sorry for. And there's a bunch of cheap laughs and it's just, it's such a, um, you know, it, 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 it it's sort of classic home cooking where it was like, yeah, I've had this meal before, and if I didn't have exactly this meal slash story, I've had enough like it that it doesn't matter if the parsley's on the left side of the plate or the mm-hmm. right side of the plate. It, but- it's
0: it's a very good analogy because it does feel like comfort food. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought when I was reading these as well. And you're right. The, the Beast story, uh, John Brown's Body,
1: mm-hmm. again, is
0: another one that I was convinced I had read. In a case file, yeah. Uh, beyond the wall is one I'd convinced was in a case file. Yes. Um. There are these stories where they're so familiar, and maybe it is that I've just read them so often in other places.
1: And mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. um, but part of it is also there was a sort of classic Wagner Grant collaborating vibe. Yes. Yes. That when they're on, it is just it's it is comfort food. It's so enjoyable it's Mm -hmm. so fast moving it's Mm -hmm. so just them like it's a very very specific thing yeah that that you know it it, like i said it doesn't matter if you've you've read it before doesn't
2: matter if you've eaten it before you enjoy it anyway yeah completely completely where it was like oh yeah i've had i've had half a dozen burgers just like this and that's what's really strange about restricted files is Because this happens during the time where Wagner and Grant make their split and start working independently, like this, uh, unlike most volumes that we have to have, except for, you know, a few that we had bitched about, you know, it's, it's usually like dread, you know, it either gets better and then maintains a high standard. And it's so odd here to have three quarters of it or four fifths of it be great, and then the last twenty to twenty five percent oh falls falls off a cliff right and but kind of at the end instead of the beginning, where almost any other sort of volume like this would go like so it's, it's fascinating it's very funny yeah. you know, reading it i I came away
0: with this really cements the idea that two thousand eighty had a golden era mm hmm and also, that Golden Era kind of ended very suddenly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, you know, there are, by the time you get to, I mean, even 87, you know, stuff like the Gaia conspiracy, which is the first solo Alan Grant story in the book, mm, mm-hmm. is just weak. And is, for want of a better way of putting it, soft in a way that dread isn't soft. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? And feels wrong. And doesn't just feel wrong because, like, Phil Elliott is doing the artwork and Phil <laughs> Elliott's artwork.
2: And, <laughs> artwork not makes. and I say that as Phil, a Phil Elliott fan. Right. But no, no, no. Phil Elliott, way. like, my my eyeballs popped when I was like, what? Phil Elliott? Are you kidding me? So, yeah, yeah. But, that's but no, it. exactly. He, someone should have been kidding you because yes. it doesn't work.
0: Right. He's, he is not. He doesn't bring the dynamism that that episode in particular needs. But he also doesn't bring the atmosphere of Mega City 1 that you've come to expect at that point. Oh, no. Like, it could be be just any other Phil Elliot comic. Which, in one hand, good for him. On the other hand, just feels incredibly wrong. And with Alan Grant also writing a script which doesn't feel right.
2: Well, you know, I I think one of the things uh, that is, like... Part of me feels like if we were super talented at breaking things down and dissecting things, I kind of feel like this volume would be so super instructive in the sense of, you know, what is the Wagner Grant combo, like what it does. Because what's interesting to me is you're right, the guy at Conspiracy is really weak. It's very much in the way that some of the Alan Grant story, solo Alan Grant stories from the previous uh, case files didn't wow us except much more so but it's followed by The Blob which is uh, Wagner and it's... No, no. The Blob blob is Grant as well. Oh, is it? Oh, it is. You're right, 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 right. What's the one? It's Blockers. Blockers is Wagner and it also is... Just like you, honestly, he's like, I'm doing this whole super ambitious setup of interconnected stories of these people in this meg block. No, I'm not, I'm wrapping it up. It's, fuck that. The Blockers is a fascinating strip mm-hmm. because
0: it's five pages long and it is four pages of setup. Yes. That really does feel that it's going to be very ambitious and honestly is sharp and funny in a way that, like, I, I, put with Wagner's writing in general. Absolutely. You know, like mm-hmm. I love that they're coming to like, it's the family in, in Adolf Hitler blog, which by
2: itself is like such a hilariously blunt joke. Yes. That, yeah. that you're like, you're kind of shocked by it. Well, I mean, honestly, I was half convinced that the first four pages were like Wagner being like, this is it. I'm doing my judge dread version of, uh, Will Eisner's a contract with God. And then the next page is like, nah, fuck it. I gotta wrap this up. I've gotta let you say the last page is so he has four pages of
1: build
0: up that are is great, is funny, is yeah. is mm-hmm. insightful, yeah. It's human.
2: Human and melancholic and, and interesting.
0: Yeah. And, I, I I'm very much like, you know, this is the society of Mega City One. Like he goes through the various dysfunctions of these various people in this yes. in this mm-hmm. and then the last page is a rushed Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah of what can go wrong that is such a weak punchline. Oh, yeah, so much that so. On, and also, hilariously, the first four pages are in color and the last page isn't. Yes. To the point where, like, there's this weird disconnect are like, does something
2: happen? Right. Yeah, totally.
0: Because totally. it, it just doesn't. It really feels ambitious and, and and sharp. And then that last page does not. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's so fascinating to see because – there is a there is a feeling of Wagner being slightly lost without Grant. Yes, and Grant
2: just lacking Wagner's teeth. Yeah, yeah. They're both. You can you can see both of them do seem a little underwhelmed. Uh, and certainly, I mean, the Blob, the Guy Conspiracy, a couple of other b- stories that are just Grant are they. They feel sort of like, quote-unquote, classic dread in in parts. But they're weird. They're so bloodless. Like, it would be very, very simple and unbelievably reductive to be like, oh, you know, Grant's the brain and Wagner's the heart. But because that's not how they work at all. And yet, what's in, what I thought was interesting was... In a lot of these stories, and there's stories where, where, like, both of them, particularly on their own, they don't... I can see where, as a long partnership, they had gotten to the point where they were pushing each other in directions that they just didn't really want to go or go anymore. But the flip side of that was having the other person in the room to either bounce ideas off of or build things out or literally just kind of not look like you're fucking off in front of, cause there is stuff where they go solo in this last 25%. And it just, I mean, when it's, when it's good, it's still not quite up to it, but there's times where it just feels really lazy. In, in yeah. ways that yeah. you just do not associate with those guys and with Dread,
0: you know? Yeah, it, it's really, really strange because the, the collaborative work – and they even collaborate after they've split up, if that yes. makes sense. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, Costa Del Blood is, is the last collaboration. And that comes after the blocker story we are just talking about, the yes. blob, mm-hmm. the guy conspiracy. It comes after they've written Solo. Yeah, so, after uh, they've
2: written Solo. They come together um, for Joe Dread Blues and Costa – I thought actually Costa Del Blood was – just Wagner but no no no, I, and, and, I, no yeah it's, it's Wagner close. Grant yeah,
0: and, yeah yeah and I love Custard Blood yes like Custard Blood again feels like very just again classic dread it helps that Iscara is drawing and also that he's drawing and then doing colors
2: right no you know, like, exactly
0: Iscara's artwork throughout this book is just lovely oh yeah just really really fucking lovely mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. he's he was always an amazing artist but when he got to do colors yes uh, and especially you know at this era where he's basically doing I, I guess his watercolors
2: over over his his line work. I'm not sure it's what just... he's doing, but it's uh, I'm only spoiled because last month we read Necropolis where he oh, yeah, yeah. blew my fucking mind. Yes,
0: where he was he was doing he was full on painting. Yeah, yeah, and and it was it was it was mind bending. But no, Cost of Blood is it's such a great because again Cost of Blood feels like classic dread because it has you know it, it sounds like a joke to say thrills mm-hmm. considering it's 2000 which is all about thrill power but it is it's thrilling but it's
2: funny like Cost of Blood is a very funny story oh it it's it, it's so funny it's thrilling and the other thing that I love about it is in a weird um way is it's such it's it is the perfect as you can see from the very first page of the story it's the perfect summer annual story you know Everything... which is funny because
0: i should say in the uk annuals come out in the in the winter oh do they right in the fall winter oh annuals are basically christmas presents oh that's so, so annual, funny annuals came out around i want to say it was november maybe it was october huh. uh but they were intended as christmas presents oh that is great of course they were and they were always dated a year ahead as mm. well so you see something like you know 2003 annual 1989 that was published in 88 ah
2: good to know hmm, interesting yeah it 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 totally had the like, oh, this is like, this is one of those big annuals that you find in the used bookstore when you're 12 and you're on vacation in the seaside town. And the story knows it because it's all about, you know, being on vacation in a seaside town. But it's also Judge Dredd versus Dracula. And there's just, it's such a fun generous story, you know? Yeah. And, and it
0: really, it really goes for it. Yeah. It really Which does. I really, really love. Like yeah. there, there's so many like wonderful sort of, joke gimmies in there yes the landlady who finds the coffin
1: yes and instead
0: of her being upset that it's a vampire she <laughs> she's upset because she thinks he's tried to sneak someone else into the room he's and he's only paid for so one guess yeah yeah it's yeah, like yeah. there's just all the
2: dumb things like that where it's like this is great yeah which is funny because again it's followed by uh you know all this material that is equally obvious but not the music is not funny. Yeah, it yeah, just doesn't yeah. land. It's just there's a no. little bit I, of the, yeah.
0: So we're jumping far ahead because we really are in the last <laughs> third of the book. But right. Because Costello Blood, which we both like, which we has, like, really obvious jokes, like we just said. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, one of the jokes in Costello Blood is that they're dealing with Dracula and the judge who's helping out is called Helsing.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, like, it's it's such an obvious joke. Even though... Dracula, the book exists, which is one of these wonderful things. It's an uh, there's another mind bending reality thing. Headbanger mm-hmm. sees the yes. the Anthrax song "I Am the Law" about Judge Dredd playing. Yes, <laughs> which is like ridiculous. Costa Bloods is is full of these these comedy conceits which work, which do land. Mm-hmm. Uh, Confessions of the Anarchist Flea is the net story in the volume. It was part of the 2000 D Winter Special, which must have come out around the same time. Like you know. Within a month or two, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's written by Alan Grant on its own. And not only is it not particularly funny, although I do love uh, the idea of this essentially like, you know, Spider-Man-esque vigilante shouting yes. to abolish the state. Yeah. The, like, the, that, that is amusing on some level to me. Yeah. But the thing that I found about that is it buries what would have in previous days been the opening joke at the very end, mm-hmm. which is his name is Frank Kafka, yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah but dad used a punchline and yet do you not think that like if this had been Weiger and grant like three years earlier, that would have been the start of the story
2: well uh, you know it, it's it's i'm not sure because on the one hand I you can it to me Grant is trying to do a double tap. Like, it's Frank Kafka, and then and then uh, just a, you know, two panels later, there's actually a pretty great closing panel, which has, spoilers everyone, the fleas that have eaten him, you know, hopping out. And because they've been fed this soy blood thing, they basically are able to, they've... They've ingested him, his 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 cant, and so they're they're all hollering, "Smash the state!" as they jump across the apartment to the next room, and so in a way, what I what I found about uh what I again in that in that way, I feel like here's Grant trying to do a a story that I don't want to. Say, like it, it has ambition to it, and it just doesn't get tied together. Like there's a, he's definitely riffing on because I think at one point the flea talks about all the big anarchists, one of whom is Ellison, which I'm like, eh. you know, it's kind of it's a little bit of the repent harlequin said the TikTok man, um, yeah. once again. But it's also uh, you mentioned the thing about Spider-Man. It's I, I would I would hasten to I, I would tentatively put forward that Grant is kind of doing what is sort of a fun little romp that is also kind of his treatise on the difference between, say, Dread and other superheroes, um, and yet ultimately it just kind of feels like. A bunch of wet newspaper. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it doesn't, it, it
0: doesn't come together. No, it, like, not at all. Th- there are, but again, there are the ingredients for it coming together. Yes, you can imagine yeah. Confessions of an anarchist Flea yeah. being like a a very strong yeah
2: strip, like I, a, something that that would work. Yes, and again, you know, if Wagner and Grant were there, where they would have been able to just punch up each other's jokes exactly. Punch up each other's jokes, give it enough of a way to land enough of a an in into the story. So, yeah, kind of very weird. Also, who the hell is – sorry, everyone. Once again, we can only discuss things from the last uh, quarter of the book. Who's – the artist it's, it says Vanyo but it sure looks like Ron Smith and then he's no, not no, even it's, it's listed va- in no, the end it's what? it's Vanyo it is Vanyo. Is, it Vanyo? Vanyo
0: is Vanyo was an artist who did a lot of British comics like he, he did stuff in Eagles that when I was growing up okay. I don't know who he is maybe he was a pen name for another artist but oh, Vanyo as an artist showed up on a number of comics
2: okay why isn't he even listed in the list of artists at the end there accident Oversights? I don't know. Yeah, everyone's like, mm, who cares? Anyway, so how do you want to do this, Graham? Because we're kind of blab-blabbing. Should we just run through them? Should we talk about our favorite three, our I least favorite she, three? I think you should talk
0: about our favorites and least favorites because ultimately this is, by design, a book that has no throughline.
2: Yeah, you can just sort of pick it up. It is, up it is
0: 300 later. pages of, of miscellaneous right across, from across a number of years where there is the throughline of Wagner and Grant. Ah, the summer ah. Uh, car car alarms. There are, you know, there there's the, the through line of Wagner and Grant writing it. Right. But that's not enough of a through line because that's been a through line of, you know, dread basically since the second year of a run.
2: Absolutely.
0: So I think picking our favorites and least favorites m- makes the most sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think we need anything more than that. You know, I, I, as a whole… I think it is an enjoyable book. Yeah. I think it is a book that really does lend an argument to somewhere around like 88, mm-hmm. 2000 AD as a whole, but specifically Dread, lulled a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've said this ourselves. You know, the, we, we loved Oz and then the, the couple of volumes after Oz, we were like, eh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it came back strong with Necropolis. Right. You know? And when you consider that the lull here coincides with that lull yeah you know it, it only makes sense right but there' there's some great material and there's some not great material mm-hmm. so I'm really curious to know your favorites
2: uh well my my three favorites it says a lot that um we've already mentioned two of them um uh costa Casta del blood uh is is absolutely just great um I really did enjoy it, and just yeah thrilling fun. Beyond the Wall, which we also mentioned, is fabulous. Uh, Really great Dylan art. Um, And one of the, again, in that comfort food sort of way, we've seen that sort of story where it's dread versus a citizen who is trying to hide something, you know, and you're basically siding with the citizen. Um, And, again, it's just one of those, like, Wagner Grant—it's like their own little dread genre, but it to me it works beautifully in part because, in part because it's so wonderfully beautiful, Dylan, black and white Dylan work, and then the last two pages go to color, which I was not expecting and which was just lovely. And it
1: lands—it
0: really lands, yes,
2: yeah. that last page. Yeah, yeah exactly, and so it's uh it's very to me it's very much of a piece in that it's one of those wagner grant stories that very quietly makes its makes the case for compassion and uh and i just i just loved it it just really just it hit um and then this is really funny but uh the th- so i want to mention the story that you would think I would be should have made <laughs> oh, the third volume third third mm-hmm. pick, but didn't. Is Joe Dread Blues, which has oh really? It, so here is the thing: John Higgins' work is oh, true, true. fucking amazing in it. And uh, you know me; I'm usually a sucker for their their musical episodes. But, but it's it's I mean it's shockingly slight. Oh, it's so slight, and I and and I think. The, the weird part for me is very much the, you know, it it it, it just it, I mean it looked gorgeous and I'm like I really want to love this but, but you know the the weird thing is is like, you know to me and this is I'm no music dude but I'm like the blues are about the simplest song structure that you can get and is really super tied to to rhythm, right? So, to me, if you're going to take a blues song and turn it into a comic strip, uh, you know, comic story, it makes a lot of sense to me that you would have essentially the opposite of what Higgins does here. Like, Higgins does a gorgeous, like, it's like a James Bond opening sequence, practically, in terms of just its scope and the color and the layouts and the way oh, yeah, it's, your eye it's moves very moves and it's yeah. very glossy
0: as yeah, well it very feels very much so. at odds like it, yeah. it's very exactly airbrushed, right you no know, and that's it feels wrong but but even wagner grant's writing in that feels off to me
2: yeah i think so um, as well so
0: lyrically it feels like they're trying too hard mm-hmm. and putting in the like the asides the 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 you know, what would be the ad libs? Things that are not lyrics in the song. Yes. But instead, like, the, the you know, the oh, yes and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Underscores to me, for one or a better way of putting it, that they didn't really understand the blues. Yes, exactly. they listened mm-hmm. to, like,
2: a blues song yeah. and transcribed it and were like, oh, we could do this. Right, right, yeah. So, I mean, that was one of the ones that really broke my heart. Because when I was listing them out, I'm like... Yeah, this has got a mm, – nah, it's, it's not, though. It's not. So weirdly enough, mine is going to go to another one where I think Higgins does amazing work and amazing color work. Even though it is far less um, formally ambitious, Last of the Bad Guys is just a super long – Judge Dread versus the baddies out in the Cursed Earth. And the baddies are pretty much, again, in that comfort food kind of way, just a gang of dumb, evil turds. And uh, it shouldn't necessarily have worked. But for me, it's a combination of the stories absolutely 100% pared down and... All the pieces that are introduced more or less fit together and they fit together snugly. But it's also a combination of Higgins' color work and, and, again, his layouts, the way he leads your eye through. There's some sequences where it's dread out in the cursed earth. And it does such a wonderful job of playing with scale and perspective on these large you know, double page spreads. Like again, in a weird way, that very much reminds me of classic dread of when 2008 Mm -hmm. starts out, like the artists are doing so many amazing things with the layouts to, to, to just jam in all the story and all the atmosphere into such a tight length. And even though, um, you know, uh, the, the last of the bad guys is, absurdly expansive by dread standards it's like a leisurely kick-ass story um there's still just a lot of thought that higgins is putting into the storytelling that just it it really made it a cut above for me there's a few other pieces that are you know almost came as close which are again there's a there's a story i guess it's well, it's just stuff. Higgins does some amazing grace, gray washes on the blob that I loved. Um, Even though the blob itself, in terms of writing, is oh, terrible. It's terrible. Is
0: terrible. Like, it doesn't have a story. No. Like, actually, like like the blockers. Yeah. It is, it is all preludes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're at the climax, and
2: nothing has actually happened. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing that's sort of, I mean, one could say, like, oh, but there's – Graham, didn't you catch on the inherent tension between how, you know, the stories being, Grant's telling the story like it's the blob, but like Higgins is doing the story like it's very much Walt Simonson's alien. Like it's, you know, but no, that's, there's, that's nothing. There's nothing to that story other than just exquisite art. Anyway, my three favorites, Beyond the Wall, Last of the Bad Guys, and Costa Del Blood um So we we talked about Cost of Blood a bit. Yeah, it's it's Cost of Blood is also one of
0: my favorites from from the book, and it is because it does manage to have that very classic Wagner and Grant collaboration humor, but also adventure, yeah. and it works as both, and it balances both perfectly. Mm-hmm. There is never any doubt that dread's going to be Dracula, right. because of course, of course, that's going to happen it's a judge Dredd story and also it's a judge thread story in an annual mm-hmm. you know and and the annuals as we know the annuals are where he's beaten the devil
1: mm-hmm. before, yes
0: you know? but they managed to have some level of tension in, in there despite that Absolutely. and also tension that is then punctured by some great jokes mm-hmm. the you know I, we talked about the landlady joke i love the uh dread realizing the vampire is going to be difficult to kill because the vampire says like you know we're undead we cannot die and so he just literally fucking blows one up yes yeah he's like okay but like good luck coming back from that yeah is a funny joke and is in character but also a wonderful way of simultaneously building tension and then utterly decimating
2: it yep yeah
0: you know which wagon and grant at their best, did a lot. Mm-hmm. So, it cost Blood it's filled with that, and it's filled with lots of funny small jokes. Mm-hmm. The very first page has the dread lifeguard, yes. who is like he's a lifeguard, but he's wearing like
2: like gloves and a, a judge helmet, yes, at- which is and shooting people as yeah. well. Yeah, shooting about- at people, which is great. The next page has somebody like drinking booze on the street, and dread literally slaps the bottle out of his hands, and I just. I just laughed like it was just so stupid. And he said something, and the guy goes something like, "Hey, take it easy on me. I'm on vacation." And he's like, "I am taking it easy on you. Get off the streets before I throw you in the iso cubes." And it's just so it's so it's such great. Drag, yeah, uh, but but, you then,
0: but then he also goes, "Get out here and enjoy yourself." Yes, <laughs> like, oh that's the, right. Beat is, it and there, enjoy there, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there is such a great level of Wagner Grant. I mean, really. Not only embracing, but enjoying how ridiculous Dread is. Yeah, you know, which is infectious. Mm-hmm. Dread calling Dracula Batman all the time <laughs> is is a funny joke, right? Yeah, like all of that is it's it's a very good funny Dread story. And again, Iskier is doing some fucking great artwork all oh, the way yeah. through. Oh yeah, you know, and it's it's it also shows something that Last of the Bad Guys also shows, which is in the Dread Annual they would have an extended story. Mm-hmm. You'd have a three-part story because it would run in three different chunks of the annual punctuated oh, by okay. like other things. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. There, there would be like some black and white reprints or there would be some features or whatever. Right. Um, and you basically like – it would start with the first chapter of the color thing. The second chapter would be midway through the book. It would end with the last chapter of the color thing. Right. And they work that three-act structure really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think last of the bad guys is not one of my favorite stories, but it's a really fucking good story. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that makes it good is they use the space very well. Yes. it is a very long story. It's a relatively s- slow story, mm-hmm. but they pack a lot in there.
1: Yeah, yeah, they yeah,
0: really yeah. pack a lot in there, and they keep changing the story up, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So chapter one is. Why have we received this message from the judge who was supposed to be out in the curse search? What has happened to her? Right. Chapter two is here are the bad guys, which again, another great Wagner Grant joke. They all, their name is all something guy. Yes. And they're actually called the bad guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great
0: joke. Yeah. And, yep. and again, Wagner and Grant being inherently funny writers, they stretch that joke way too far in the reveal. Mm-hmm. It's double page spread. Yes. we like. 15 characters with different guy names, yeah, including yeah, yeah. guy guy and girl guy. <laughs> and you can yeah, tell, like, they were doing it to make each other laugh. It's, it's again, the comedy in that is infectious. But unlike Cost of the Blood, Last, uh, Last of the Bad Guys is not a comedic story. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. bad guys are a threat. They've killed this judge. Right. You know, and Dredd, Dredd, responds, to, Dredd responds to finding her body. Mm-hmm. It's really great, and is is actually like you feel it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Dread, mm-hmm. dread, cremating mm-hmm. the dead judge, mm-hmm. like feels like something. Yeah, dread going to bring the bad guys to justice, but not revenge. Right. It is an interesting moment. Mm-hmm. Dread, dread, basically setting a trap for them that he himself then gets caught in. Yes. Yeah. Is a great reveal. Yeah, yeah. There's you just know?
2: so many good parts. There's a little part where. Because the, the female judge uh, who dies is in the course of studying the whole group, is basically like, okay, I believe that if you take out the two top dogs, the leaders, everyone else is going to scatter. And one of the things I love is that's explicitly seated in there. Dredd does exactly that, and then they all come after him. And so. Yeah, and, he, and he's like, she's wrong. He yes. actually calls her
0: up. Yeah. She was wrong. Yeah. Which yep. is a great mm-hmm. because again it's 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 zigging when you expect it to zag. Yeah, exactly. Because like, it only makes sense in a story like that that her insight would be the one that solves it. Yes. And no, they they're literally like, Yeah, no, she was wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is great. And also the one of the things that's so great about Last of the Bad Guys is the button on the strip is is so great. Which is they didn't know what bad guys were until so they tangled with Judge Dredd. Yes, yeah, that was great. Uh huh. Yeah. You no, know, and and the, that's the second last panel because the last panel is the corpse, like the, the skeletons of all the bad guys he's just killed.
2: Yes, yeah, they're just there, and there's just hundreds of them. Which you know, is... and that, that's that's a great touch. And what's amazing is is you can look at because. Because there's so many stories here, and in part because they're spread out over time, you can see the bits and pieces. Like they do a similar gag in J.D. and the Seven Dwarves, with the dwarves all having very similar names, like Rambo, Bambo, Hambo, and you know.
0: I, I have to say, while I do not particularly enjoy that story, Sylvester Stallone as a dwarf, yes, fighting for dwarf rights, yeah is
2: kind of inspired. Yeah. Yeah, the the Stallone stuff was really interesting, funny, but no, I mean that story is kind of like Neh. but sort of in the same way that you kind of see Wagner in that really lamentable dungeon master strip trying to pull <laughs> that same sort of like well the real dungeon master was dread and it was like mm, wow. No, you Yeah, right. Did not he's, stick he's that he's landing. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, and just a few pages earlier, you know, you're like, comparatively, you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. And this time it's just yeah, like, exactly. Oh. It's
0: it's funny seeing the echoes. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the you get Ladies Night, mm-hmm. where amongst other things, you discover that um, being transgender is outlawed in Mega City One. It a completely like throwaway line. Is it? Uh, Yeah, I thought it was Um, cross
2: dressing. Oh, yeah, no, I think you're right. You're right. Yeah, shit.
0: um, But you know, uh, there's there's again an incredibly like that's that's a story built around like three gags. Mm -hmm. Gag number one: putting a macho man in drag is inherently funny. Mm -hmm. Gag number two: his name is actually macho. Yes. Gag number three: at the you know the end is the the two female judges going you never send a man to do a woman's job <laughs> mm-hmm. like it's literally a you know a wink and a freeze frame away from a really shitty 80s sitcom oh yeah that is uh echoed reworked however you want to call it yes it's she devils yes like a year later yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and is much better form, but like is so reworked that the villain's name and she devils is macho. <laughs> I missed
2: that part. That is hilarious. Right? Um kind of nuts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the other thing that's kind of crazy is then later um what's the other crime story that uh there's another crime story that actually feels a lot like um, uh like the the Jesus the one you just mentioned, She-Devils. There's She-Devils Oh it's the it's the boxing one with the Wally Squad guy. Uh
0: Oh, A Night at the Basho.
2: A Night at the Basho. Right, right. A Night at the Basho feels like it's sort of the same working of the undercover sting operation kind of thing yep. except yep. you know except, and
0: except like there's a twist. Now it like now it's uh it's sumo wrestlers uh, it's not iceberg slim, except it is because they yes. make a point of saying like the judge is called iceberg, yeah, and his he's like his, the villain is slim. But yes. they put the two names next to each other in a panel, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, you guys, you really are not subtle in all. No, your, no, your
2: exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, but no, it's true. Like that, that, that framework is again reworked. It kind of makes sense, right? Because mm-hmm. the mega specials, the the winter specials, the sci-fi specials, the the um, the the annuals are in theory aimed at a wider audience, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's aimed at people who are getting these as gifts or getting these because they're on holiday Mm -hmm. or getting these because, like, you know, they want an intro into the character. So you do the obvious ideas. It's a sting or Judge Dredd versus Dracula or whatever. Right. But it's funny to see – in a collection of five years worth of material that they do just recycle their own ideas a chunk and very quickly. Mm -hmm. Like there is a year between ladies night and, and she devils. Right. And both of them appeared in like 2000 AD annuals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not even like they were flipping between like judge shred and, and 2000 AD. Right. Um, it's, it's very, very strange. Uh, I, I should say the she devils is also great because the art is shockingly good for that oh, one god yeah bren mccarthy tony wright and brett ewins mm-hmm. uh, collaborating and there's just the color choices are, are amazing the line work is amazing you really see the debt that jamie hewlett owes to mccarthy mm-hmm. like it, it's it's really it's it's a beautiful looking story it's kind of slight again in terms of writing right uh it ends with as many of these stories do uh a sort of Cheap tacky punchline. Yep. Like that's that's rough. But again, this is stuff that's actually meant to be, for want of a better way of putting it, lowest common denominator dread yeah. or mass market dread at least.
1: Well, I I you know, think so the... you
0: can see why they do that. There's actually a great line in shit. It's one of the Grant stories. I can't remember which one it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Fall guy, where he's looking to investigate where a cake came from. Mm-hmm. And someone goes you hungry Dredd? and he goes hungry only for, for justice. justice. Yeah,
2: exactly. And it's like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely that one was like ay Well, you know, I think what, it's funny you mention that cuz I thought that one of the things that I uh, I mean, I assume and I have no idea whatsoever is a lot of the stories at least in toward the end where they start feeling super dashed off is the stories are being written in a way that the artist gets to bring a lot to them. So yes. one of the things that's really lovely about The Fall Guy is it's... Or not, sorry, about She-Devils is is that the story is relatively straightforward. And that oh, yeah. really allows the artist to go... Exactly, to go to town. And that, I think... A, a lot of when the stories here work, what's fun about it is is that they are sort of traditional dread stories where the artists really get to go to town. And it's in that sort of that um, the inverse of, you know, the years where you kind of felt like. Ron Smith was the straight man and Wagner and grant were the guys who got to, you know, sort of goof off and, and, and throw a mug, you know? So you,
0: you can, you can basically make the argument that that is the, that is the way that the weekly works, Mm -hmm. right? The weekly works where the writers are the stars, right? And then the annuals and the specials are where the artists get to, to really show off.
2: Yeah. You know, like
0: the, the dreads, the dread gets high episodes
2: oh my god you know art
0: is like it it is just a uh, a disaster but like from a story perspective yeah but art wise
2: is is mccarthy going fucking wild and it looks amazing yeah it really does it really does and is just and again seems constructed in that way where it's like okay there's going to be something fun for the artist to go to town with on every on every page like that means we kind of have to drag things out to almost embarrassing lengths to make it happen but you know but you still get some just exquisite stuff in there and honestly it really is sort of uh it's kind of hard to believe that they didn't do a you know judge dread gets slipped a psychotropic drug you know, sort of the same way uh, that the Horseman of the Apocalypse story, which is such, you know, it's so funny to read after Necropolis. It does feel like a dry run, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. It's kind of like, oh, I kind of want to do this. I kind of want to get this big stuff out. And the only way they can do it is in, I mean, I think that's, it says something a lot about Wagner and Grant, that the number of times that they've had Dread do a oh, it was all just a dream kind of story. There's there's not a lot of them in a lot of stories that they've written. And so the horseman of the Apocalypse to me was like, oh man, I, I think I would have felt so cheated, you know, in a way, because it seems like such a big story. And especially after reading Necropolis, I'm like, holy fuck, what's gonna... Oh, he wakes up. Well wow well they he literally gets
0: nuked at the end uh-huh. like yes. you know they're obviously going to reset the story <laughs> right you can like you can't believe at that point but up to that point you do you have this moment of like well this is you know this is big and overblown but it is it's funny reading after Necro- necropolis
2: yeah yeah Whereas it's kind of like oh well they yeah they were kind of like yeah how how do we do that but pull that off and pretty much they did similarly i there was a lot that reminded me of uh uh, the Crazy R Raiders, which has beautiful escara art, which is about a city dev, a civ dev group going on a sort of rampage slash it's, maneuvers. It's one of my favorite stories, I oh,
1: should say. Oh,
0: okay. Oops, uh, good I love know. that one a lot. Mm. Uh, and I love that one a lot in part because we've talked before, like, there are moments where Dread becomes really prescient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that very much feels like, like one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where it is – I mean it's essentially guns right, activists going insane. Right, right. You know? Yeah. And and with the, with the sense of self-righteousness, with the sense of we have to act now. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm... if we're not prepared, then the threat to the republic is going to come and we won't be able to do anything. And it even ends with dread, essentially making an anti-gun case. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, with a with a great line, uh, what do I know? What I know is it'll keep happening in, until we see sense and disarm the city devs. Yeah, and the other judge says, "Fat Chance, you're talking constitutional rights there," and he says, "Rights can be wronged," and I love that line. Mm. I love the line, "Rights can be wronged," especially coming from dread.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, you very know? much so. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, this, this we are recording this on a day when. Photos uh, were circulating on social media of dudes in a Subway sandwich shop ordering sandwiches made while carrying a variety of real and um, fake weapons like on display. And it just, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's more prescient um, than anything. But oh, but also again in that weird way of there's a lot there's a lot of big blow up stuff in Crazy R Raiders that kind of doesn't have the kind of punch that it can later have. You know, well, exactly. In like stories. you know, you
0: you later see Necropolis, uh, you know, far far down line day of chaos. Yeah, you see like the city's infrastructure essentially collapsing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and here. It, it, in part, you know, it can't collapse. It's an annual story. And it's actually one of the shorter stories in this book. Yeah. Um, but, and also because I think at that point, Wagner and Grant didn't want to break the strip. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you get to Day of Chaos, it's been going on for 35 years. Right. And Wagner understands that you pretty much can do anything. Yeah. And as long as you
2: decide the strip isn't broken, you're fine. Well, you know, I think it's funny that you mentioned that. What what year is the apocalypse war? Um that's way it's back. A then. Life, so yeah, it's a case of 5, be like 82, 81. Yeah. So it's weird how much uh, like uh Crazy R Raiders follows follows Apocalypse War. And for me in part because it's Escara and it's lots of shit blowing up on a big scale, it kind of gave me sort of déjà vu in a in, in a very pleasant way. But uh, it's funny. You mentioned Day of Chaos. I, you know, we're, we're not nearly there in our, our Drock recordings. But even in a way, I feel like Apocalypse or The Day the Law Died. They, I feel like they've already learned the lesson of they can break anything as long as they've got an, a high enough page count to fix it. And I think the annuals really are like if this had been popping up in a 2000 AD. The weekly, you don't. It could have gone. It could have gone all sorts of. Places, oh yeah, Th- yeah. You know? Th-
0: this could have been extended into a mega epic.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But like literally by just extending the concept. Yeah.
0: What if it's not just one city dev group that goes rogue? Right. What if it's all of them? Yeah. What right. if the citizens decide they're going to overthrow? Yeah. The the judges. Like there the, there is a, a mega epic there. Yeah. There's something to be done. Mm-hmm. There's something for me. And, and I agree with you, but there's something for me really interesting in the idea that it is just—it's not even one group per se. It's one guy in charge of a group. Yes. Who has who has just lost it? Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. who has gone too far? Has broken. Right. Uh, and pulls everyone else with him, mm-hmm. and it says a lot about you know again for a very short story, it says a lot about social dynamics mm. that everyone else does just go with them and they believe him that he's like we're only really practicing. Right. And they're like, We're fucking killing people and he's like, Yeah, but it's we're we're doing exercises, it's all fine. Right. Yeah. And they just they just go along with it. Yeah. You know, there's there's some there's a lot there that I, that is really interesting and is really uh thought provoking for a story that's what, maybe seven or eight pages and ends with I I completely ridiculous, you know, they shoot down their spaceship with their own spaceship. Yes. You know. Right. It's a new mall. right. But but even including that, even accepting that, there's so much in, in, you know, the the R-Raider story that is just really interesting and and really thought-provoking and feels like it is, again, building out the world of Judge Dredd, but also making connections to the world we live in.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Like,
0: it, it feels like it's doing everything
2: I like about Dredd really well. Right, right. So is it one of your three faves cuz i feel like yes. we didn't yes, it discuss is. okay it, it is one of my three faves. okay
0: um and honestly i think the the beast story might be my my, my other top fave just because it does, it does what it does so well mm. uh it's 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 again it feels like something you've read before mm-hmm. 100% it is not breaking any new ground whatsoever
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it feels so right mm. so right and the, the cam kennedy art is
2: see i was going to say you're all, you're super in the I'm, tank for I'm, cam I'm, kennedy, I'm on dread.
0: In tank kennedy and especially the second page
2: mm-hmm.
0: of ibeast opens with like the shot of dread on the bike mm-hmm. which just feels iconic yeah 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 yeah. You know it just feels like it feels like it sums up an entire era of dread. Absolutely. Just a one shot. Yeah. Honestly the story feels like it sums up mm-hmm. an era of dread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it really did give me the comfort food feeling. Yeah. Of the whole thing. Right. That, that just made it utterly irresistible to me.
2: One of the things I think is interesting about iBeast Beast is also that Kennedy's work is again just just the to me the storytelling is phenomenal on it like you look at the pages and they're really jammed tight with stuff like really tight and yet it never feels cramped like i feel like kennedy is and it's interesting cuz so many of these stories are in color and it's hard to imagine for me to imagine I Beast working in anything but black and white because yeah, that, Cam Kennedy's use of, of blacks
0: on the yeah. pages is just insane. Well
2: and the flip side of it is I think the amount of he is a master at using negative space as well to keep the pages from feeling just jammed and claustrophobic and overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know? And I it's Like, he is packing a lot. Yeah. And, like, more
0: than they even need. There's the page where Dredd is basically threatening the guy, saying, like, you know, I want the truth. We're, we're, you know, I want it now. What did you do? Mm -hmm. And there is a shot of... The van's driving away, but it's a long shot mm-hmm. because the, the rest of the panel. And when I say a panel, I mean like two thirds of the panel mm-hmm. is taken up by like a ghost head of the beast. Yes, yes,
2: like yeah. Just
0: throws that in
2: there; it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, just, just, just stunning, stunning stuff. Just so incredibly dense, and just pops. Uh, so it's so yours is I Beast Ca- Casta del Blood and Crazy R Raiders, huh?
0: Yeah, I think it is. Oh. But what's interesting about this book for me is, like, that's. Um... Like, I feel that that could change if you ask me tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yep. Like, there's so much good stuff yeah. in the first two-thirds of this book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, you know, like, the, the, the McCarthy stuff is so good visually Yeah. that I'm like, well, maybe you should go to the McCarthy stuff because, like, that's just visually fucking stunning. No, you know, absolutely. maybe you should go to John Brown's body, yes. which is just – Oh. Like I, again, it's a No. Henry story, but it's so well done. Oh, it's perfect. And, and it's, it's perfect, you know. Or, or even like before that, on the waterfront, which yeah. is the you know, but they're bringing in a list of substances. Only joking, it's coffee, but coffee's banned, citizen. Yeah, you know, is is again feels very much of its time of dread, but yep. it's filled with you know just lots of small references. The way that Wagner and Grant Woods just fill every tiny, tiny bit of dread with references. Yeah, like you know. It opens with a a joke about the British sitcom Only Vows and Horses, you know, and it's like that would play well at the time because it was a popular sitcom at the time. But Mm -hmm. you didn't even notice there was a reference. Right.
2: No, not at all. You know,
0: like that's really fucking good writing.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: even things like Crime Call, which is a super minor story. Oh, yeah. Works just works it sings Higgins again doing great work there on the art yeah but like Wagner and Grant just like get the whole thing moving there's Mm -hmm. a little bit of poignancy at the end right you know like they're they are on fire as writers yeah for like two-thirds of this book and they are matched by artists who are you know to us big names now Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about Cam Kennedy, you're talking about Brendan McCarthy. Like, the She-Devils features Brendan McCarthy drawing Shade the Changing Man years before he drew Shade the Changing Man.
2: That's right, yeah.
0: The black shade that appears in the the Milligan run is a background character in She-Devils. Wow. Three years before that series started.
2: That's crazy.
0: Um, You know, it's just, it's so good. There's so much here. Mm -hmm. That when it's on... It's just fucking amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, like, I really do feel like I could change And even when it's... There are even stories I don't particularly like, but like a lot out of. Yes. The fall guy is not a story I particularly like. But I gotta be honest, I love the cliched Italian mobsters. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think they're really funny. I think they work as comedy characters. Yeah, yeah. You know, the blockers completely doesn't work because that last page is a fucking mess. Yes. But the first four pages are amazing they mm-hmm. like, are so great mm-hmm. you know like even birdman which is not a good story I, I, right like Boston's art is lovely in that oh but yeah. also like you get a couple of great moments the mm-hmm. the woman turning off the beauty as she kidnaps as he kidnaps her like it and it's it's it presents as like one of these classic monster movies where the monster kidnaps a woman because he's in love with her. And she's like, I love you too. But instead she's like, no, fuck you. And yeah. assaults him. Yes. And dread dread having promised him safe package passage. If he releases her, he releases her and dread just shoots him. Yeah. And she goes, you promised him. He's like, yeah, deals mean nothing
2: to lawbreakers. Right. You like know, that, that's great. I love that. Ending. One of the things that is wild about that. And it's great that you mentioned the two is, You know, as we know, Wagner and Grant split about the finale of Oz where Grant is like Dredd would shoot Chopper in the back and Wagner's like, no, I don't want to do it. And here you've got the fall guy where a hundred year old gangster turns his back on Dredd in the Grant story and is like, you're going to have to shoot me in the back. And and what's great is it's a it's Grant's story Grant writing on his own and he does not have Dread shoot the character in the back and then in Birdman which is the Wagner story he does which is just again part of me is like isn't that kind of odd how that plays it's, out in but a it's way?
0: also kind of fascinating I I do love the end of of. Um... The fall guy. Mm Because Dredd doesn't shoot the the mobster in the pack, but he does shoot his cane, so he falls over and gets arrested.
2: Which is great. That ending is so great for that, I thought. Yes. It's just that classic. It's
0: it's really great. Um, And the Birdman story is really great as well for that reason, right? Because, Mm -hmm. and again, I am extrapolating wildly on what what Wagner thought. Mm -hmm. But I can see Wagner going, Dredd would shoot him in the back, but he wouldn't shoot Chopper because he respects Chopper.
2: Right, right absolutely like absolutely. that
0: that's that's the thing yeah. dread would make a deal with chopper because sure he knows that he's a lawbreaker mm-hmm. but he also respects him he respects like, him well, cause, exactly because the idea of yeah deal, deals don't count with lawbreakers doesn't really it's not really what he's saying right deals don't count with people i don't respect It's what he's saying
2: mm-hmm. right right that's you know? that's actually a great point so uh, but yes, I agree with you. My top three could very easily change. One of the things that's great about the volume is in a way us talking about the top three sort of short changes it because you and I could rattle off our top three, then the next top three, and then the three after that. And then it could change. There's There's like a dozen stories here that are top notch. That being said, what are the two stinkers for you? that you don't have to do 3 Oh, what are man. the two son worst of for you? revenge yes is terrible absolutely is,
0: is, is absolutely terrible yeah and if we're talking like outright sinkers mm-hmm. probably the guy
2: a conspiracy oh interesting or head banger head bang it's so funny because you were talking about it. head bang you know it's funny how much uh you were talking about how in the early parts of the story that you, you refer to the ability for them to t- to write so tightly that they can put in references and even if someone like me doesn't get them it doesn't matter for the story but it's an additional layer you know and one of the things that strikes me is toward the end here they're just not that tight like headbanger, oh no, headbanger is Banger's such a an, fucking mess yeah it's it's an in joke story and it's an it's practically you know, at dad levels, and the dungeon master is the same. Frankly. Oh
0: yeah, the dungeon master is 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 the same, and yet the dungeon master I like honestly just because Arthur Ranson's art is better.
2: Uh, you know, but to me, Arthur Ranson's art almost makes it worse for me because the first couple of pages are so, to me, genuinely exciting. Like. This is going to be great. Oh, and- yeah. No, the, the the beginning of Dungeon Master,
0: which is Dredd essentially gets a poison pen letter. Yeah. Saying, we kidnap someone. You've got to come and save him. Yeah. Like, that's, again, great concept. Yeah, Yep. Absolutely. But it then ends up as, like, it was a Dungeons and Dragons player kidnapped by the, the people who run the Dungeons and Dragons shop who inexplicably invited the real Judge Dredd to find him. Yeah is just nuts and it goes you know he he runs into holograms of the dungeon master and a monster and it's just like oh
2: well the thing that's hilarious again is in that sort of dad way it's like like i really spent the first five pages being like oh wagner it he he you know he's actually gonna write about dungeons and dragons you know or role-playing games and then it's like no. Yeah, no, he's not. no he doesn't he's not. know what the fuck he's talking about he's got just here's this leftover tower of London wax museum story that he couldn't, you know just sitting around yeah just just bad yeah
0: no, it, it it feels like you know he'd done the research for some other like stripping eagle yeah and then he was like oh fuck well that didn't go uh, okay we'll do a Dungeons and Dragons story for Dread and then for like midway through writing it was like stuff Fuck, can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: seriously, can't be bothered. Like even sort of the like I'm gonna read I'm gonna write something about role playing games and never got past two page two of the article in the magazine and was just like, nah, fuck it. Uh yeah, so, page yeah. two ended with there's a thing called Dungeons and Dragons. Right. He's like, Oh, a dungeon master. Oh, I bet dreads the dungeon master in my story. All right, got a story. Ah. Yeah, exactly. Looking forward to spending to this paycheck. Pay yeah. But, like, Headbanger is hilarious to me. Not
0: only because, like you said, it feels like a dad writing about, you know, their son's music. Maybe it was, for all we know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's basically hooked around the anthrax song I Am right. Law, which you yeah. said before.
2: Yeah, exactly. It yeah, that, is. It is. It's a reach two around. years old when this was published. <laughs> right. Well, it's done, that's like, it. Like a recent song. Yeah. It's a pretty slow reach around, for sure. But, uh, yeah, so we both agree. Son of Ratty's Revenge is the worst of the worst.
0: So, yeah, so we should say Son of Ratty's Revenge is literally Ratty, who is the Fink's rat. Yeah, his son, also a rat, narrates a story that is basically a recap of like the Fink and Ratty. Yeah, and it's like I'm out to get revenge, so I shit in his his bike. Yeah, the end, and also. And this is not Grant's fault, although I'm blaming him anyway. The amount of shit that Kev Walker draws yeah. on that bike. Right. Is amazing. Yeah. That that rat has something very wrong.
2: With it. <laughs> that Just rat doesn't actually that. poop like rats actually poop. No, it it is uh it's I mean, that story is amazing because it it literally felt like uh, Grant wrote it in two hours. Because not only is it a, a not a very long story, most of it, as you point out, is a recap of other stuff. So he's just recycling a story that he and Wagner already wrote. And it was like, yes.
0: wow. Literally, literally, there's like maybe in, in what, uh, what, maybe six pages of six page story? Yeah. There's maybe two pages of new content.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And so everything about that one was like either – a, it was a you know a deadline special, or B, um, he just couldn't be arsed, or both, you know. But it was not. It was. It's underwhelming. It is terrible. But,
0: I am going to say that this book, yeah, did further underscore for me that Grant just does not get dread. Like he gets. He can write in sort of as as a good photocopy of Wagner way, mm. but it lacks the soul of dread somehow.
2: Well, like again, it feels
0: all surface.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it it is again. It's 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 overselling it because I think they both have incredibly dark senses of humor, but. Yeah, it's it's Grant stuff is does feel like more of a gloss. Although what was the story? The is it what's the one with the the damn hundred year old gangster? The Fall guy, the Fall guy reads is the closest where yes. it's just a solo Grant story that comes the closest to reading like a Wagner Grant.
0: Yes. Story. Yeah. One, you know? 100% agree. Yeah. You know? And the bits that I love there, I really love, like right. I said, like the old gangsters mm-hmm. I'd love. I think they're so fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the But at the same time, you then also get the, are you hungry? dread hungry for justice, <laughs> you know, like that's
2: still there. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I think between that and the Gaia conspiracy, I think there's, there is, um, like, I don't, I just, I, I mean, arguably it is something that helped keep Dread at a wonderful slow boil for so long. But, and, and I haven't read enough of Grant's other solo work to really know, but it feels like he doesn't, he doesn't believe in characters really, you know, like he just doesn't, there's no, there's no, So he can do kind of a little bit of a gangster piss up and it reads a little bit like classic Wagner Grant stuff. But there's no there's, you know, again, it's like the the weirdly over the top moments in Dread where it's also anchored to a sense that this guy that this guy can be a guy, you know, there's Mm -hmm. there's sort of a there's a lot of for lack of a better word, flickering in dread where it moves into the absurd and then it comes back and you never, part of the excitement, part of the uncertainty is you don't know if you're getting a goofy dread story. You don't know if it's going to be a goofy story that takes a poignant turn. If there's going to be a bit of heart to it, you know, if it's a heartfelt story that suddenly takes a weird, brutal turn, like, and I think Wagner and, Grant, one of the things that is, is, um, it feels Wagner is able to transition with, to working on dread without Grant because he still has a sense of where to go with dread. That's surprising. And a lot of that derives from taking dread seriously as a character. And I'm, and he's and he's really, in Grant's hands, Dread is just a trope, you know? He can be a different trope depending on what kind of story, but you're just never going to get anything that suggests that there's kind of a complex character there. And what's really funny yeah. is elsewhere, mm-hmm. I think Grant
0: prides himself in his character work, especially his Anderson stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he gets
2: is it grant uh, that goes on to do Anderson and not Wagner? yeah
0: yeah oh, no grant, grant, grant takes over Wagner. Uh, grant takes over Anderson oh, I see. and um goes hard mm-hmm. on on the idea of a, of a character arc of character development right uh, and gets you know in the weeds of his own interests, i think to be perfectly honest, but mm-hmm. he, like Anderson definitely evolves as a character mm-hmm. As often changes at least as a character,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, in Strontium Dog when he he because he took over soul writing of Strontium Dog when they split up as well, right? Uh, he uh, is it car- I I think he attempts to do character work at least. Mm-hmm. He attempts to bring on some sort of um, resolution to the strip
1: mm-hmm.
0: that is rooted in Johnny's evolution as a character.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, as it is. I don't think he does it very well.
2: Do you think Grant in that sense is almost closer to Pat Mills in the way that sort of – the same way that Mills inherently just can't bring himself to write about a a fascist lawman as the hero? You know, that Grant is somewhat similarly unable because, you know, Anderson is – and I don't mean this, is is the sensitive judge. You know what I mean? He, she is at least presented in the context of Dread stories. The Psy division is different from the judge division, and Anderson's a little, is even atypical for them. You know, she is yeah. an empathetic character, and it just seems like the idea of empathy is something that Grant is... Not willing to afford dread, perhaps. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I think that Grant sees dread specifically mm-hmm. as a character who can't evolve.
2: Right, right.
0: Like I, as, and I think this might speak to Grant's
2: own views on authority. Right, right. Sort of the um, same way that Mills just kind of gets the the heebie-jeebies trying to think about something like that.
0: Well, I mean, I, were you a fan of Grant's Batman work? You know,
2: not not so much. The first couple of stories, wasn't it Wagner-Grant doing it together and then, they, and then yes. they split? and then they split, yeah. Right. Like, I remember loving the Wagner-Grant stuff. The first couple of early issues that sort of like this felt like it had a lot of invention. Although, again, the longer format made it feel kind of draggy pretty quickly Mm -hmm. so i feel like i wandered off and i keep meaning to wander back and haven't well because
0: something that that strikes me about that especially in relation to these dread is batman doesn't really get to grow Mm -hmm. you know batman Mm -hmm. doesn't evolve batman doesn't necessarily even emote right right you know he can maybe do like shock right you know or or resolve more mm-hmm. than anger. But he doesn't get beyond that. And it, I wonder how much Grant has a problem with the idea of someone who is an authority figure mm. and is is explicitly an authority figure. Right. Um having an internal life.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You know, I well, suppose like you said, like Anderson is a fringe figure within the justice system.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Like she's a, an iconic character. She is a big name, but she is also a fringe figure.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: in that respect, she gets to have a life.
2: Yes, exactly. You know, and
0: especially because it's worth burning out. Grant takes her away from the judges.
2: Mm, right. Interesting. Like she leaves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You know? uh, and Dredd obviously can't leave. And also, Grant doesn't have
2: control of Dredd. Right. Right. Well, I, and mm, it's interesting. I think that one of the, one of the things that <sighs> there, there is something a little, uh, you know, anarchic about Wagner and Grant doing dread together. And part of what they're doing is very much resisting the idea of dread growing. Um, a A little bit from that idea that they're aware that this is not quote unquote their character. You know, Wagner was so pissed that he was not going to get any participation um, with the character that he basically left after creating it, then sort of comes back under a pseudonym and then is finally back. And then I think the next step of that is like, yeah, and I'm going to I'm going to do things With Dread, which is a, how do I put it, is, seems foolish, you know, like it seems that this is something that people who listen to, wait, what, you know, something that Graham and I talk about, my particular hobby horse is... That once it becomes, once Marvel in particular finally and utterly slams the door shut on the possibility of any creator participation in the characters that are being created, as a result, a bunch of people go and form Image. But that's essentially it for new creations and new characters and new heroes. And everyone talks about that idea of like, yeah, you'd be really foolish to create a new character for Marvel or even DC, even though DC had slightly different participation deals, they weren't great. You know, the idea was if you had a character that you cared about, you saved it and kept it in your pocket from when you could do it yourself. And Wagner who gets burned really early on with the idea of like, he's going to have participation in Dread. Nope, sorry, that's off the table. That never really would have even been a consideration. Um, Comes back and spends a long time doing brilliant stories in which the idea of growth or characterization for Dread is kind of... is so subtextual, you know? But it becomes something that Wagner is honestly genuinely invested in and that he, where he wants to go with the character. And that also seems to be part of the Wagner grant split is, is Wagner ultimately deciding that where he's going to go with this, he's going to go to this place with this character, despite the fact that it is, um, at the very least, deeply, deeply financially imprudent to do so, and Grant seems a little bit more like, you know, the 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 anarchist flea. He's like, I'm just going to bounce around and, you know, make trouble and collect paychecks. You know, so I don't know. It, it's it's very it's it's a well, really
0: the, the 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 thing that that reading. Mm-hmm. like, brings up to me is, you know, Wagner, I was going to say leaves Dread, but he doesn't. He leaves Dread in 2000 AD, mm-hmm. like a, a year or so after Necropolis. Right. But he's still writing the character for, for the magazine. hmm But mm-hmm. he does relinquish some level of control, right? But then if you look at Dread now... Right. Wagner doesn't write that often. hmm Dread. But I don't think you'd find anyone who works in the character, from editorials to creators who would not say that Wagner controls Tread? Right, right. You know, like, you you think about where, you think about, again, when Day of Chaos was happening. Mm -hmm. No one really knew where that was going apart from Wagner.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He
0: basically gave some ideas to everyone else. But you've got people on record saying, yeah, we didn't know it was going to be as bad as it is.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, we didn't know he was literally going to decimate the city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. More than decimate the city. I mean, it's it's... A shell of itself by the end of day of chaos, right, um, and the other creators didn't know,
2: wow.
0: like the creators who were working in the stories that were immediately following didn't
2: know man yeah,
0: yeah, because because Wagner owns the character right exactly, you know he he doesn't he doesn't get i i this could be wrong, but as far as I know, he doesn't get any special financial participation right, right, but creatively still, even though. You know, Wagner has written under 20 episodes in the last two years.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, maybe even under 10. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's, he is still the guy in charge. It's right. kind of amazing.
2: Yeah. 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 So, so it's a very crucial, crucial time when this split. It's a very, it seems like a very, very large gamble for Wagner. Um, and yet, it really does end up paying some remarkable dividends. At least artistically, for yeah. the for the character and for the universe. So, yeah, Graham McMillan. Uh, this is not as long as our usual uh, DROX. But do you it, think that there's anywhere else to go with it? Or honestly,
0: no, because this is, as I said before, almost intentionally a throwaway book. Mm-hmm. Right. It is. It is a. It's the B side collection. Right. You know. It's and it's a good B side collection. Well,
2: see, that's it. You know those like albums where the B side collection is so good, like the fans that it could have been an album. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is really close. I would actually probably swap out restricted case files two two with the volume that with the with the case files. I think before Necropolis. Yeah, it like like
0: well, mm-hmm. yeah, 12 and 13, we didn't really like. Yeah. And honestly, I think you could slip, you know, the first two thirds of this in there. Yeah. And it, it, it'd it be more fun. It's It should be said, like I, I mentioned before, that I think these stories were created as, you know, how to get into dread
1: stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I think this is a great book to give to people who yeah. want to sample it. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I was thinking that because it's, it's, Yeah. It's it's definitely up there. Uh, for those who are wondering, on the DROC and or Dross scale, definitely the four-fifths of it are definitely Drak. So – and I assume you would say the same? 100%. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, really, stop reading around – like, you and I disagree about this. Yeah. I would probably say stop reading Kostadal Blood, even though – you know, I think there's something to be said for confessions of an anarchist flea, even if it's just the the uh, the weirdness mm-hmm. of the abolished estate. Yes, stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: I think Night of the Basho is fine. No, no, you and I, I, I are on the same it's page. Fine. After after like, Costa del Blood, it's a huge nosedive, and there's bits and pieces that I like. In some of the stuff that follows, and a whole lot that I do not appreciate. So yeah,
0: yeah. But I mean, realistically, and what's funny is, like, basically, it's once you leave eighty-eight, mm-hmm. that's when things start start diving. Yeah, but like, Del Blood if,
2: if, ends around like page two hundred and twenty or something out of a yeah. out of a three hundred page volume, essentially. Yeah. so that's pretty darn good.
0: Yeah, I, I, and and honestly, if they'd ended this book a year earlier, yeah, they'd not be raving about it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. we really Hands would be like, down. oh, my
0: God, this is amazing. What's funny is it makes me think Restricted Case Files 3 is probably going to be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I
2: think so. I'm just like, ooh.
0: But it's I was like, expecting oh,
2: Restricted oh. Case Files 2 to be terrible. So this yes, was an right? incredibly pleasant surprise. Yeah. Overall.
0: Yeah, yeah no, I, it's, it's very much and not Dross. And it is very much you're curious about Dreads and you don't want to go for the early stuff. You think the early stuff might be too rough? Yeah. Fine, Mm -hmm. Pick this up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, especially if the idea of... Because, you know, we've repeatedly said things like, oh, like, pick up the apocalypse war. You know, if you don't actually want to dive in with a 26-part story. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is... This is... This, and I think there's, like, a case files around volume eight or nine or whatever that I thought was kind of perfect self-contained stuff. Like, those two, and then move into some of the longer... Mega progs, I think. I think would be pretty rewarding. Yeah, this is yeah. this is a pretty good, like you said. Good it's broad kind of volume. nice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. it like oh, yeah. it
0: was. It was a nice surprise. Yeah. It really was fun to as much as anything to remember. Fun Dread you know? <laughs> yes. Necropolis is great. Yeah. I love Necropolis. Necropolis is not fun.
2: Well, see, that's it. Every it is it is amazing, but everything from Dead Man on is is um amazing is genuinely amazing stunning and startling but yeah i picked this up and this was this was like ah oh, i can't believe that i you know i'm enough of a dread fan uh, that i'm like oh this feels like classic period comfort food it's, dread it's also, and yeah, i love it
0: it's also funny to feel nostalgia for something that we read like three months ago yeah exactly exactly that that's the you part know where I'm like i oh, like, remember that dread yeah exactly january yeah december january dreads <laughs> were great that was that was the classic stuff like, that's but it's but it's the feeling i had
2: yeah yeah completely completely
0: but no this this was great it makes me very interested to see how we're going to feel about case house 15
2: oh my yeah uh...
0: Uh, because that starts with, like, the explicitly post-Necropolis
2: material. Which, uh, yeah, which I'm sure it'll be f- – which probably will feel great after switching from this. You know, there is, there is something that was also very fun in the early case files where they would switch between continuity heavy or grim stuff and then lighter stuff. And this one is mm-hmm. – this was all very, very light, which was great. But, yeah, part of me is, like, it might be fun to dig back into um, a little more unsettling stuff, uh, at least for a bit. Well, but but what I was going to say is,
0: like, once you get past that, it tries to get back to, like, variety again. Mm -hmm. And can you do that? (laughs) Yeah, that's really the question, isn't it? it, It's it's going to be very, very interesting to see how we are going to – how we're going to feel. Mm-hmm. About the creators trying to do that, especially because you know next time we're going to see the first Garth Ennis in the case files. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Also, next time we are doing um, America, which oh, is great, very not fun. Yeah, right. Again, wonderful but not fun.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah, uh Drocky episode seventeen is going to be uh, continuing the whiplash. Right. Uh yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also like, huh, what's it gonna be like?
2: <laughs> You're you also know? gonna be like, Maybe I'll nip back to restricted case files too and do a couple of select rereads just to comfort <laughs> me.
0: Just to comfort for just the stuff. I mean, I'm mean, i not gonna do that, I'm gonna nip back to like ace trucking company. Oh there you go. And just go for the dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> like this is what I want. Just give me the stupid stuff. The, there's gonna be uh show notes for this up uh Wait What podcast on Monday. Open brackets sometime close brackets. There is also, while you're waiting, going to be posts on the Tumblr, waitwappod dot mm. and the Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash wait pods. We also have a Twitter account at Wait What Podcast. Jeff is a Twitter account at lazy Bastard, at L-A-Z-Y-B-A-S-T-I-D- I am at Graham M, at G R A E M E M, and we're a patron supported podcast, which is the entire reason Drock can exist. Jeff, tell them what they want.
2: Yes. Hey, you guys, you are. Uh, uh, you know, it's always fun to give the big shout out to all of our listeners um, for. Uh, You know, your support, your ears, your time, it keeps us going. It keeps us motivated. We appreciate all the feedback that we get. We're super, super grateful to the people on Patreon who not only do all of the above, but also throw us a little bit of their hard-earned dosh. As Graham points out, this podcast exists entirely because... The people on Patreon were like, sure, we can hit that stretch goal. Let's see what they do. So our previous Baxter building, the uh, 50 episode read through the first 416 issues of Fantastic Four and Drock, our monthly read through of the complete case files for Judge Dredd exist entirely because of you guys. And uh, like I said, and. it all That always has an extra punch for me when we're recording these shout outs at the end of the DROC because um, Graham, as we know, is very familiar with all of this material. It's all new to me and it is an amazing world to be you know, a year and a half into exploring and knowing that I've got a lot more to go is both so much more. The case files
0: are already up to 35. Wow. 36 is coming out later this year. So if you think about this, we're probably going to be on 38, 39,
2: 40. Yeah. 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 We're going to
0: catch up with it.
2: By the time we catch up with it, we'll be over three years in longer with the case files and, of course, when we finally decide to do the, the, the public rewatch of judge, uh, dread the Sylvester Stallone movie. So, um, I should definitely mention, uh, Dominic El Franco, Empress Audrey, queen of the galaxy. We're especially grateful for their continuing support of the podcast. Dominic, I owe you at least one email. Um, thank you for continuing to, to support us and also send us, uh, great stuff about how you're doing and how your family's doing. I, I basically need my weekly Roman update. Uh, and of course, Empress Audrey keeps the constellation in place, the stars in the sky and all of us spinning madly into space without flinging into the far reaches untethered. And we are, uh, super, super grateful for that. Thank you so much, Audrey Graham, Jeff. Yes. I just want to put this out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: next week's a skip
0: week two weeks from now we're doing wait what again that's right people in your next week just think about watching the 1995 judge Tread film again because I have a question I have a question for Jeff but I have a question for the people listening as well yes yes the 25th anniversary of that film is at the end of June
2: oh how are we all going to rewatch it together? Is what you're wondering. That's my question. Yeah. Should
0: we do some sort of like live rewatch on Twitter?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Or will we have to move it to Twitch or something? Like, how are we going to make that happen? Um, yes, listeners, I, I,
0: I, I think it's, a I, I think it's a legitimate question that all of us, I'm including you, whatnots, should consider. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah, yeah. we want to all watch? The 1995 Judge Dread movie again?
2: Yes. <laughs> really, really, oh, <laughs> dude. I have to. Okay, look, I have to tell you that. I mean, it's you know, it comes and goes. But I saw the Dread movie, Judge Dread, way back when, barely knowing any Dread. So I'm a excited to revisit and rewatch it, and B the weird parts where there's the shit where it is very off brand and kind of far away from judge dread. And there's also ways in which I feel reading these case files, I'm like, man, they try, they tried, they tried to get close, you know? And there's also, I am sorry. Every time it would be great if they just dubbed him in with someone else. But every time I see that photo of Stallone with the helmet, with his screwed up fucking lip, I'm like, yeah. Even just the other day, I was thinking, right, Amon DeSante, he kind of does look like Stallone. You could kind of buy that they're clones. Like, there's so much there. Max von Sydow. A amaze- there's so much potential there that admittedly is squandered in horrific and embarrassing ways but I would love to see it if nothing else because I'm 90% sure I would get half of the in writer screen jokes now that I wouldn't have gotten you would also get
0: infinitely more upset oh I'm sure (laughs) just 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 get ready you will get far more upset than you did the first time around but that is almost worth it in and of itself anyway June 30th is when that film celebrates its 25th anniversary oh
2: my god how can we not and I, I really do
0: feel like we have to do something. I'm going to see when June 30th is. You know, what, you know what else you have to do, Graham. June 30th, June 30th is a Tuesday. If we just delay an episode a couple of days,
2: you know, it's fine to do it close enough, like the week of the 25th anniversary. You don't have to be such a stickler. Okay, well, uh, as Graham pointed out, skip week next time. Two weeks from now. Oh wait, what? A month from now? Drop. Draw- case uh the case files volume 14 and america 15 let's jeff 15, 15. Shit, i had it right i should have written it down 15 and america ah <laughs> uh,
0: but it's a, about because it's it's a drug yes so
2: yeah i was away, i did until i forgot how to count so as a result you guys are just stuck listening to me say drock. you're under arrest citizen Report to the Isocubes until the next episode.